Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. today's show today is december 8th 2020 5:30 in the morning in la and here we go today kind of an extension of yesterday's show the quiet voice of ego and what it sounds like in our heads yesterday i went through kind of a conversation that it has with us because ego is a part of us we may not like it But, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, and there are lessons for us to learn here. And one of our biggest lessons is the kind of self-awareness that brings us to the place where we grow over time. Obviously, we have time here. We don't have time anywhere else. So why do we have time? Why do we have ego? Why do we have people that are mean? Why do we have people that do things that we go, how could they do that? And then we have people who do great things and we say, boy, we know what they had to overcome to be great. Even though they may not think they're great, we may think they're great. We may say, hey, thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking the time. But really, we're thanking them for the example that they are. But ego has a huge effect on our lives because it is that contrast voice in our heads. It's like we're thinking this nice little thought, and then ego comes in and says, you want to do it that way? Why should you? You're not going to get anything back. Here, do it this way. You'll get this, and they won't know. The minute you hear that they won't know, (laughs) that's when to run, not walk away, because people know. I had somebody who was always super negative on my page, and I thought at first, they don't know. But they did know. It was way too consistent. But not only that, it wasn't that I didn't want to fight the fight. But what somebody says or does, that comes from ego, what happens to us is that when we think of ego, it leads us to thoughts of exhaustion. Because it works against us and it pushes us into fear. And unhealthy egos experience fear and defensiveness. We're always defensive. But innately, the way we are hardwired to the truth, 
when we overexert the ego, it does lead to exhaustion. It does deplete our willpower. It breaks us down from sticking to healthy mental and physical habits. And then if somebody comes to tell us what we're doing, we, we become very defensive. Now we push them away. We're even willing to lose the friendship because our ego doesn't want us to give up on what is obvious that it's doing. So why is ego a bad, in quotes, thing to us? Not to each other. Forget what you see on someone else. When it hits you, it goes into your little brain and starts to create a story. But one of the biggest reasons why ego feels like it's so off is that it keeps us out of touch with reality, takes us and puts us in our own little world of what we need to think is true so that we can cope with ourselves. But then it makes it hard for others to cope with us. It prevents us from hearing critical but necessary information from others and feedback. We're like, oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. Oh, people, these people are just spiritual or these people are just religious or these people are just political. And then ego will overestimate your ability and worth and it will underestimate the effort, and the skills you need to achieve your goal. It'll make you want to skip steps, get there faster. All you want is the answer, even though you won't understand it. Because ego is the robber without a gun. Ego is the entrance plan without an exit plan. It is never, and I would capitalize never, your friend. We all know when we have an egoistic thought. All know. What we aren't aware of in that process, what we aren't aware of, is that it is a threshold, it is a lesson, not a destination. It is designed for us to overcome it. That's why it has no exit plan. It has no exit plan. Ego is narcissistic. It does have a superiority complex. And the person who's only listening to their ego, because they can't receive feedback, are extremely self-absorbed. So here's Maria's question in the chat. Please, Nadia, how does the ego's voice work in someone who is feeling physically very unwell, how to fight it? Oh, well, I know that one extremely well because that is all I have seen now for the last 15 months of my life. It's physical illness. But I will tell you, mental wellness, mental wellness 
is how you fight physical illness or being physically unwell. Everything we do starts in our mind. The ego will say, you're sick, you're not doing well. Oh, go sit when you should probably get up and walk if you can. You don't need help. You don't need anybody. Yes, you do. The person that I have not been taking care of, they probably wouldn't be here today. That's how much help they needed. To the point where feeling physically unwell, I have, I have learned firsthand, hands down, that even when we're physically unwell, we can still make the best of each and every day. Fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt all come from the ego. It's like the, the octopus arms of the ego. They're the ones that do the work, the tentacles. But at the end of the day, ego is super toxic. And it will take away every shred of hope you have if you keep listening to it. Because every time you listen to it, it goes, you know, negative begets negative. So it takes you to another layer in another layer. But if you wake up every day and you're not physically well and you say, why do I need to not be well? Yeah, I know this part of my body isn't working or that part of my body isn't working. But my stress is not going to help. It's not just, well, I did everything the doctors told me or I took my medication. Because nobody is with you 24 hours a day except for you. So paying attention to how you feel. Doing things you love. Let's say you're not well physically, but you can still write. You can still talk to loved ones. You can still play board games with people. I know it sounds funny, but these things hire how we feel. The egotistical person may sound high on confidence, And they will point out how everybody else is wrong about something, but everything they do is right. They do and believe and say only what they consider to be right. And so when they get sick, they don't want anyone to tell them because they don't want to show that they're scared because ego will tell you. You're, you're not weak. You don't need them when you do. But the worst part of it is, is it almost tells you you don't need yourself. Because everything we take away due to ego, it has that great entrance plan, but it doesn't have an exit plan. It's not going to take you anywhere that you need to go. 
So is having an ego healthy on any level? Because it does allow us to grow up. If we overcome it, we do get to a loving sense of self. We do become resilient. I lived with someone with an out-of-control ego. I'm very narcissistic. But I remember at the end of it all, I said I would do it again if it meant I learned what I learned. As a result of them, I started writing in the middle of the night. I don't know if they have a direct correlation because I must have come here to see Christ somehow because God, Christ told me and God, when he put me in front of God and I realized that the reason I was able to see God and to see Christ was because I agreed to share my free will before I even got here. So I don't know if that person's ego made me do that or got me to that, but they were a huge part of my life and bringing me closer to God. And the only reason why that didn't happen in a bad way was because I didn't use my ego to fight him back. I loved him. And I still love him till this day. But what happened was, instead of going to him and fighting him, I would wake up and write to God and ask God why anyone would behave this way. So instead of exchanging energy with his ego, now I was not aware of this at the time, Kids were young. I was young. But instead of feeling punished or victimized, instead of engaging in his ego, because ego is super predictable. It's not like ego has any. It's an old tried and true story of itself. We all know it when we see it. It's just that it's hard for us to see in ourselves. But instead of exchanging energy with him, I exchanged energy with God. Really, really think about that because I have been going through my life and I don't know when I will do this, but I have to do probably a video, not just the radio show, on how I got to the prayers I got to that were actually answered. Some as far as 33 to 35 years away from when I sought them. And they weren't prayers like, oh, I pray for, I would just be like, wow, God, this is where I belong. Wow, God, I need to either do this or this. I don't care which, I just need one of them because the rest of the middle is stopping me from here or there. Wow, God, I really love this person. Those kinds of conversations turned out to be my deepest, cleanest thoughts and prayers once I got to them. 
but they weren't easy to get to because ego still had to grow me to understanding why I even got to that question and how I even got to that question. Because when we are hurt, we feel punished, we lash out, and what we don't see is that every single one of us can see it, except for us who are doing it, because we try to legitimize it by telling people why. When somebody wants to sit me in a corner and tell me why all night they did this and they did that and they did this and this is why, now do you understand? I always think to myself, I understood in the beginning. You did that for you. Maybe I hope now you understand. Because what happens to someone when they witness ego and they don't know you and you feel like you have to pretend you're someone you're not because ego is telling you no one can see you is that they do notice what's going on. But then instead of engaging, because they may not have the time or they don't want to get dragged into your argument, which is what it would be, they don't need it. They can see it, so why would they do it? They may make a statement like, hey, you know what, you may want to consider that, reconsider that thought. I never used to say, hey, that's your ego. Because at the time, I was still trying to fix their whys, and it would take me a long time to hear their whys, let alone get to understanding why their whys were there. And that was prior to seeing Christ. But once I saw Christ, I just say, is that stemmed in fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt? Because if it is, you don't need to tell me your story. Tell yourself your story and figure out where in there ego's playground is creating more and more apparatuses for you to play on, to live in. Because as far as I know, Relationships run on ego, even if the people stay together because it's dysfunctional for both of them, neither is happy. The ego-driven person, there's no way they can be happy because ego doesn't make them happy. No matter what they get, no matter what you give them, they are never happy. How many people do you know that the minute they get what they want, then they find something else that doesn't work? They fill in that problem slot. So you never get that satisfaction that you are loved or cared for. So this is what happens when we go into that unhealthy territory. Can ego ruin a relationship? Yes, if it goes unchecked. But if you overcome it and learn to say you're sorry, if you learn to do that, you can sustain that relationship. If not, everyone's going to put up an emotional fort and live behind the wall. And then you might sneak around the wall for a shot every once in a while. But who wants to live like that? 
So is there a good ego? How do you deal with it? Because you're a human being. You have an ego. It's how we make decisions. Should I do this or should I do that? And you start weighing what's best and what's not. But one of the best ways to learn to manage our egos is setting personal boundaries that very critically maintain how you feel about yourself. So you say, I will not lie in this situation, or, you know, I don't want to lie ever, but this situation makes it easy. I work at this company, I have access to all this money, and nobody would ever know, but I will not steal. And then your self-esteem goes up. And then ego is going to go, oh, wow, they're feeling a little good about that decision. Hmm, let me implant in them what they could do with that money. And I start showing them vacations. There's my ego going. It's showing me where I could fly to and go to and sit on some beach somewhere. How my family will love me and think I'm so successful. But the second part, will it make me a better person? No. Ego's selling you the sizzle, but he's not selling you the tools to love yourself. So then you say, I'm not doing it. I don't want to feel like that. So when you coincide with your personal boundaries, you grow. Positive begets positive. Push your personal boundaries away and say, oh, nobody will ever know. I'll only do it once. Oh, my family, I can't wait to tell them we are going to the Caribbean for a vacation. And your wife says, how did you pull this off? And you say, well, you know, I got a bonus at work. There you go. You're not known for not telling the truth. Your ego convinced you it's a one-time thing. You get a false sense of self-esteem, not a real one. You feel like a fraud the whole time. Everyone else is enjoying themselves, and the more they enjoy themselves, the the less you enjoy yourself because you know the emotional price you are paying for what you did. And to go back to Maria's, You know, how does ego's voice work in someone who's physically ill or feeling physically very not well? Now you're dealing with someone who's feeling mentally very unwell. And sometimes I think the physical is actually, if I had to choose, would be the one I would choose because at the physical, at least I know what it is. But with the mental... It's like I swallow a canary forever. I can't tell anybody what I've done. I I need that confession because we are hardwired to the truth. But ego tries to tell you that you are so important and so good that you, out of all the people in the world, are going to get away with it. It makes you look 
like you're taking care of yourself, that you feel good about who you are, and that you're standing by your values. But what's really happening when you listen to your ego is you are not taking care of yourself, you do not feel good about who you are, and you know that you did not stand by your values because ego doesn't have an exit plan. Why? And no matter how much you know, you are never immune to ego trying to come in. It just tries to be smarter about it as you start to grow. It tries to sneak in. It tries to get sneakier because now it's like, oh, my God, they can see me. They can see me. Let me see. Let me, let me see. Let me make it sound so much like them they won't even know it's me. And then there you go. I don't want to do this. This is too much work. I don't know why. I'm just tired every day now. I think I just will let everything go. Oh, you don't like that person. Oh, wait a minute. I do like that person. Why did I just have that thought about them? (gasps) Oh, you again. Recognition. Recognition. Even though the word ego carries a negative feeling when we hear it because we think of someone who's egocentric or egotistical, it has a positive and a negative aspect. And the positive is when we overcome it. And the negative is the layers it will take us down to when we accept it, invite it in, open the door. Because our ego can teach us to be solid, healthy, and strong emotionally. Because it will show us who we are by the decisions we make because of it. Right? That fork in the road, you can always go back and repave it with love. You can rewrite it with now what you understand about ego. We see the layers of ego every day. We see movies about it, and it shows you how the ego is winning, 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 and then all of a sudden it loses. The killer gets caught at the end, right? All the shows we watch, for the most part. And shows that the ego doesn't get caught, at the end, or the couple don't get together at the end, or the problem is solved in a very ugly way and every and the audience is left with like, <gasps> at the end, are not as popular and do not make as much money overall as movies that have a conclusion in there that the truth has won somehow. Because we are hardwired to that truth. And if we leave that theater, which right now we can't even go to, but if we leave that movie, and that ego won in, that was a movie that ego, like, 
really got away with everything and no one saw it, that shakes us. It may get a great reaction at the theater, but it's not one of those movies you watch again and again and again. Because you're going, Ugh, I don't want to be reminded that something like that can actually happen. Ew. Or I don't want to feel like the person I love I'll never get with at the end. I need to dream. I need to feel. I need to be excited. Our hardwired to ego to this level. To this level. We are so smart that we know what we know when we know it. Isn't that crazy? I love you guys. I only have a few seconds left. Have a great Tuesday. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.